Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is podcast number 64. We are coming to you on a Sunday. Uh, I forgot the date. What's the date? Today is the 24th, 24th of February. Yeah. Yeah. My name's Neil. Joined here with Brent. Hello. Uh, we're coming up on the trade deadline. It's pretty soon. It's imminent. It's, it is literally imminent. It is uh, 16... 24, 25, 26 hours away. Yes. 25 and hours and 50 minutes away. And then we got March coming up. It's the last full month of regular season hockey. Yep. And then we get into April, and there's only, of, I don't know, a handful of days in April that have uh, regular season games. So That's right. We're getting down to what they call the short strokes, and I, I want to talk a little bit later about where some of the teams are positioned, and the, the playoff picture is starting to clarify here a little bit, so it we is. can talk about that somewhat. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting uh, pretty tight in both uh, conferences, specifically the West. There's a lot lot of mm. teams. There's probably about seven or eight teams there that could probably contend for a wild card spot. So uh, things are really starting to get exciting. Um, we're going to talk about it. Um, but first, we probably can't go any farther in the podcast without talking about the trades that happened this week. So uh, let's get into that. Now, I've written down all the significant trades that I'd like to talk about. There are some that I've, I'm not going to talk about, but that doesn't mean that they're not important. It just means that I don't care enough to talk about them. <laughs> um, anyways, the most recent one, I believe, was the Matt Zuccarello trade. So Dallas acquires Matt Zuccarello, uh, and uh, that comes with a 30% retained salary. Mm. So pretty decent. And the Rangers acquire a 2019 conditional second-round pick, uh, and the condition is this becomes a first if Dallas goes to the conference finals and Zuccarello plays in 50% of the games in round one and round two. They also get a 2020 conditional third round pick, and this becomes a first round pick if Dallas resigns Zuccarello. Okay. So it all like that's actually more likely to happen than the other one. It's likely, but it kind of like Dallas has made this trade basically with the decision that they're not going to resign Zuccarello because it's likely not worth that pick becoming a first round pick in 2020. It's just it's not worth the risk. Matt Zuccarello is an amazing player. I don't know if it's worth that risk. So mm. uh, I think this just ensures that Dallas won't be signing Zuccarello. Maybe I'm wrong, but he's going to be a UFA anyway. It's likely he's going to, you know, he's going to go on the market and see where he goes. Maybe he'll go back to the Rangers. I, well, I don't, know. I don't think he can. If he goes back in the calendar year, they've retained salary. They can't have him again in 12 months. Not until July 1st. But I think it's a calendar year, so I think they retain. I don't salary. like that. I, I don't know if I like it or not, but I think that's what it is. That's why Pittsburgh couldn't get Hagelin, Hagelin. back. Yeah. And he had to go to Washington instead because they were like, what? Where's that rule? And it's here on page 77. Oh. That's some freaking bullcrap. <laughs> well, if you retain salary to, to pay someone to take somebody and then you bring them back, do you have to pay them double? I, I don't understand. But anyway, the rule is there that anyway. if you retain salary, then you can't have the player back for at least a year. So just saying. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, anyway, I'm... Dallas, poor Dallas. I actually like this trade for Dallas, but I don't know that it was necessary. Uh, I think that, no offense to Matt Zuccarello, but Matt Zuccarello is not going to solve the problems in Dallas. They need a a few more pieces beyond that. And apparently Neil is done trading, so... Yeah, he's... I I just, if you're going to make a... If you're going to make a push for the playoffs and bring some people in, then try and get all the pieces. Don't bring in one... Well, technically two. I'll talk about the other one in a minute, but don't bring in one guy and then 
say that's enough. It's not enough. And that's, again, no offense to Matt Zuccarello. Well, if, uh, if, if it's getting in the playoffs, it might be enough because they're in the playoffs now. Like they, they're in and they have a little bit of a cushion. So Zuccarello might help solidify their chance to oh, get it, in the postseason. 100%. I absolutely agree. I just don't think that uh, Dallas has the depth to go deep in the playoffs. I could be wrong. I hope I am. They're one of my favorite teams. They're my third favorite team, but mm-hmm. uh, I just personally don't see it. They have they have other things they need to fix before uh, they can be considered a cup contender, in my opinion. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the trade after that was the Columbus and Ottawa trade. So Columbus acquires Ryan Dezingle and a 2019 seventh-round pick, which is Calgary's, just to note. Uh, and Ottawa acquires Anthony Duclair, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2021 second-round pick. So this is the second – well, obviously we're going to talk about the other trade here in a little bit, yeah. but this is the second time in two or three days that Columbus and Ottawa have done business. Ottawa Senators, otherwise known as the farm team of the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Call them up. It was strange. I think I, I said to you last night, uh, on Thursday night – not that they played, but on Thursday night, Dezingle and uh, – um, Duchesne were teammates on the Ottawa Senators. Friday night they played against each other. Saturday night they're teammates on the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's just crazy. It's 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 yeah. It it's is cool. strange. It is strange. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, as far as my opinion of this trade, I just it just it all goes back to Anthony. De- what I said they played against each other. I'm not saying Dzingel was on the ice. I think he was actually scratched. In that Friday night game, but I don't know. Oh yeah, he was no, he wasn't on the. That's right. Game. So they didn't play against each other. Their, I, their teams played against each uh, yeah, other. I, know I should say that, and that will save fifty people from commenting. That's yeah. all. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. Uh, this all kind of comes back to Anthony Duclair. This is his fifth team. Yeah. What is it? Is it him, or is it just? Is he just one of those players that is a good player, but is just expendable? I honestly don't know. He's never played in in my vision space. Your vision space. Yeah. That sounds like something Pierre Maguire would say. <laughs> but it, I've never seen much of him. Okay. I can't believe you just said vision space. <laughs> I can just, I can hear that leaving Pierre Maguire's mouth. Look at Crosby out on the ice. Like he's, his vision space is wonderful tonight. And look at those thick legs. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself for saying vision space. You harp so much on these stupid terms. I went down a dead end and I had, that's all I had left. <laughs> vision space. I... <laughs> I, I I was gonna try to start saying I haven't seen him play very much just because of where he's been playing and the and the games I've been watching yeah. over these last several years. I understand. And I started down and I well I used the word vision now and now what I, what do I have left? Hashtag anyway. vision space. And it could be a thing. Make it a thing because no no not a hockey thing just a thing just a thing like what's in your vision space? Like when you're driving? When you're driving? Check your... Check when you're your, reading the paper? Check your vision space? Yeah. What's in your vision space? I, I think it could be a thing. And you heard it here first. And likely last. And <laughs> I don't think it should be a thing. Hopefully last. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but back to your question. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, some players have mad skill, and I think he's in that category. He's got all kinds of skill. But what happens in the room... What happens in the camaraderie thing or lack thereof? I don't know. I don't know. And then we may never know. But now that he's in Ottawa, he's more within my vision space. He is within your vision space. So I will probably see more of him and maybe have an opinion in about a year's time after four more games against Montreal. Yet, and also, uh, his 
he aligns better with what's going on in Ottawa right now. Mm-hmm. Young player. Ottawa's in the process of loading up on picks. They're going to do this big rebuild, yeah. which is fine. Mm-hmm. Frustrating for the fans, but fine. So maybe he clicks there. Who, who knows? Hope he does. So yeah. uh, I really like Dezingle in Columbus. Uh, Columbus is getting a little scary. That's why I'm kind of sporting the merch here for you yeah. audio listeners. You can't see this, but I'm wearing a Columbus hat and a Columbus jersey. Uh, the trade after that was the Dallas and New Jersey trade. So Dallas acquires Ben Lovejoy. And going the other way was Connor Carrick and a 2019 third-round pick. I just don't. This one is just baffling to me because Dallas is loaded with defense uh, defensemen, and Lovejoy is a respectable defenseman. He's a good player, but I just don't understand. I just, I just this it just doesn't make sense to me if I'm the GM of Dallas. But I'm sitting in the basement on YouTube, so. There you go. Yeah, just because it doesn't make sense to one of us exactly. doesn't mean it's not brilliant <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> in some way. Yeah. Right. Um, the next Columbus and Ottawa trade was, of course, the uh, Matt Duchesne trade. So Columbus acquired Matt Duchesne and Julius Bergman, and Ottawa acquires Vitaly Abramov, if I'm saying that correctly, Jonathan Davidson, a 2019 first-round pick, which is top three protected, by the way, and a 2020 conditional first-round pick, and the condition is um, if Matt Duchesne signs with Columbus. What does top three protected mean? It means if Columbus misses the playoffs and they get uh, they win the draft lottery, if they go into the top three, oh, okay. they have such a small percentage, it's unlikely. But if they do, right. um, they don't get that pick. Okay. They It moves to the next year or something like that. Oh, cool. So, I, I, I've given up trying to follow these so conditions. Com- I know, it's so complicated. I, and if if I were running the league, if I were Gary, yeah, I would do something. I would say, look, we just need to I, stop these conditions that if, if I, Matt uh-huh. Duchesne signs with Columbus, but only if he wears blue socks on the first <laughs> night that he plays, if he wears one red sock, then the deal's off, whatever. I, I actually like this because it, it, it makes sense. And so this 2020 conditional first round pick, it gets pushed to a 2020 if it's if it's in the top three. I don't know what happens if it that happens again. Like, what if in 2021 Columbus, for whatever reason, wins the draft lottery, gets in the top three of the draft lottery? Does it go to the 2022? Because it doesn't stipulate that in the condition. Maybe they just get it. I think they just. Uh... I, I mean, they, it'll never happen. But. No, but I think the pick would have to go as per the per the deal. Then go to Ottawa, I would think, in top uh, three. Yeah, even if it is in top three yeah, in twenty twenty, I think so too. I, I don't unless it's written in there. It, the, the rule of law is unless it's written down, you can assume it's not there. That's true. So hmm. yeah. Uh, so what do you, what do you think about this trade? I I, I see it. Ottawa can't do anything to get out of their situation this season. So they have to try to build for, for the future. Ottawa, I think in some ways, is trying to, on one hand, tell their fans that it's going to be worthwhile buying a ticket next year. But on the other hand, they're acquiring mm-hmm. lots of talent that probably won't make that ticket pay off, uh, at least the next year. However, on the other hand, you've got Columbus pretty well locked into a playoff spot and pretty well has a predetermined opponent now, which will be the Washington Capitals. Maybe. They're really fighting over home ice, I think, right, right for the rest of these uh, games that they're going to play in the, in the remainder of the regular season. 
But for Columbus, I think it's two things. One, they want to get ready for Washington. I think this is them trying to match up with Washington as their likely opponent in the first round. But two, I think it's their message to Panarin and Bobrovsky Bobrovsky, that they are serious about being contenders and maybe they should reconsider their existing situation where they're not inclined to do a lot of talking about re-signing. I agree. I mean, if you're... If you're going to, if your team's in the position to go deep, and I think Columbus has the potential to do that, why not go big? You can't, it's it's way better to take a couple of risks, and it, it, by all means, it's very risky, but it's better to take a couple of risks, see what can happen, because you don't want to look back in the summertime and think, oh man, what if I did that? What if we made those trades? What if we did acquire Dezingle and Duchesne? I wonder what would have happened. So you have to do it. If you have the opportunity there, you have to deal in front of you. I think you have to do it. I actually like this move by Columbus. It's bold, and we need more of that in hockey. So good job, Columbus. Yeah, and they have lots of room left to go. They've got, they might not be done. Yeah, they might not be done. They've got, just checking here on cap friendly, they're still with uh, four plus million dollars of cap space, mm-hmm. which is about halfway through the pack. There you go. So who wins this trade, Ottawa or Columbus? I've seen the commentators say it's a little early to tell. Early on, it looks like Columbus has won this. <clears throat> But that may prove to be uh, the opposite in a year or two because when you trade for picks, when you trade for conditional picks, the permutations, you're trading for kids that are currently 16 years old mm. um, that you don't even know who they are yet and you just don't know. But right now it looks like Columbus has won uh, the trade because at the end of it all, anyone with a Columbus Blue Jackets jersey on like you will probably be interested in hockey well into the month mm-hmm. of April at least. Whereas anybody with the Ottawa Senator stuff is putting their box away and getting their golf clubs out. So, yeah, maybe. Uh, in that short-term sense, I think Columbus wins. You know who wins this trade? Who? Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, what was I going to say? doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, the next trade is the Washington and Los Angeles trade. So Washington acquires Carl Hagland with 50% retained salary. It's good to note that. Los Angeles will... Uh, acquires a 2019 third-round pick, a 2020 conditional sixth-round pick. So the condition is if Washington wins two or more playoff rounds and Hagelin plays in 50% of the games, that becomes uh, they just get that sixth-round pick. They don't get any pick if, if he doesn't do that. <laughs> it, I don't know. Anyways, that's a weird trade to me. Carl Hagelin's a pretty good player. He is, yeah. I don't know if a third-round pick is good enough as a return, but... Whatever. Maybe he didn't want to play there, and maybe not. I don't know. I don't know the story behind that one. So, and it looks, you know, from our earlier discussion with the potential for Pittsburgh at least having their sights set on bringing him back, maybe that was the original plan, and it went off the rails, and Washington ended up being the. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a good addition for Washington. The ugly sister. That's. A, I, I like the trade a lot for Washington. Oh yeah. And plus, it's fifty percent retained salary. Yeah. So so Pittsburgh's retaining some of his salary on the. Moved to what to Los Angeles, I presume. Did they? Well, I don't know. That's the reason they can't have him back because they have some retained salary on him when oh, they guess, get rid yeah, of him the first true, time. True. So he's like he plays for free almost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much is retained by Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't know. But if LA is taking fifty percent, I think that's the max. Yeah, the max it? is fifty. And uh, good grief, uh, another couple of trades. He can come here in Charlottetown and play for <laughs> yeah, you right. know for ten cents a day <laughs> and still be a millionaire. That's it's right. great. Um, the next trade was the Bruins and Minnesota trade. So the Bruins acquired Charlie Coyle, and Minnesota gets Ryan Donato, a 2019 conditional fifth-round pick. And the condition is uh, this becomes a fourth 
round pick if Boston advances to the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> it's, okay. That's an insignificant condition. A fifth and a fourth isn't that big of a difference. So, uh, uh, I, I do like this trade by Boston. I think Charlie Coyle is the type of player who fits in so well in Boston. So I do like this. I just worry that Ryan Donato, giving up Ryan Donato was a huge mistake for the future. It could so, be, because he's a real Boston-type player, too. He is, and I don't, like, this is a little bit too risky for me. I personally probably wouldn't do this. Um, so I i don't know about this one. I think this is going to come back and, and bite Boston a little bit in the butt here in a couple of years, or maybe a little bit longer, but anyways. Uh, Coyle, I, I've seen Coyle play once. Uh, Minnesota was in playing Ottawa at a game I was at a couple of years back. Very impressed. I've always been impressed with him. And I agree with you. I think he's a he's a good fit in Boston. He's a higher energy player. Very mm-hmm. very smart hockey player. Um, again, same same as you. Donato, I thought, was a really good fit. His history and uh, his, mm-hmm. his skill is a perfect setup for Boston. Is there a chance that that's uh, a rebound, re-sign after a rental kind of deal for Boston that they maybe have a the designs on getting him back? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I mean, you look at some of the players that Boston sent out over the past 15 years, uh, Tyler Sagan, Phil Kessel, Joe Thornton. Thornton, yeah. Uh, there's been a couple more, but still, hope, hopefully Ryan Donato isn't, doesn't have to join that list as one of the elite players that could have been. Mm-hmm. So, and, and for Ryan Donato's sake, I hope that he is one on, on that list. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, that's all the trades I have to talk about. And by the time this goes to air at least in eight two or three trades. hours, or <laughs> yeah. because we are literally on the penultimate day of uh, the NHL trading season, the uh, the deals aren't yet being done. Uh, last year was a bit of a sleeper with the trade deadline, and this year has a, has a forecast maybe of being that way because some of the big moves have already been done. Mm-hmm. But you've got, you've got Kevin Hayes sitting there, you've got this um, Win- Winnipeg pick that's sitting there. Apparently that's trending fifth or fourth. I know, the- that's weird. It's <laughs> yeah. weird to see that in the list. Like if I was a player and I was 12th on the list of, of hot trade ideas and and there was a draft pick ahead of me, I would feel kind of bad about <laughs> Definitely. that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but anyway, um, the story has yet but yet to be told. Uh, i listening briefly to a TSN 690 podcast, this, or broadcast actually, this morning live on Montreal Sports Radio, and they were talking about the possibility, because no one's been talking about Montreal, the, the, and we'll talk about Montreal a bit more later, I understand, but uh, the stay the course, the team is not going to win the Cup this year, there's no point going crazy and getting rid of assets just to maybe get a few more games in an, in an early round. Um, but uh, then again, Bergevin has pulled off some weird... Weird things yeah. in the last little while, and you just can't be sure. So I don't know what's going to happen for all the teams. I agree with the Montreal <clears throat> viewpoint of not bringing in anyone in as a rental. If you're going to bring someone in, you bring in Matt Duchesne, and you sign him to a contract right there. You can't yeah. sign him to a contract extension. You bring in Panarin, you sign him to a contract extension. That's the only way this works for Montreal. You don't bring in rentals. It's not worth it, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's not worth giving up future considerations. Speaking of future considerations, I don't understand those trades. San Jose made a trade with someone this week, and I can't remember which team sent a player, but (laughs) the other team got back future considerations. What the hell does that mean? What's future considerations? It's a slip of paper that says IOU, but it doesn't say what. Exactly. (laughs) I know there's probably definitions out there. I just haven't gone to look it up but it, it's likely 
favors on draft picks or moving up or down. It, it could it's things to be negotiated later. It may be something as simple as in the next draft, one team is going to be drafting fifteenth and the other team is nineteenth, and they they go to the fifteenth place team and say, "Look, we want to get a guy that you probably don't want anyway." How about we let you burn your future considerations by swapping this trade with us or, the, or this draft pick with us? So it's basically subjective. And oh, yeah. I think it is. I don't think there's any structure to it at all. It's just You just get to decide when you might want to try and use it. <laughs> yeah. It could be a free wobbly pop at the next uh, general manager's meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's all the trades that I have to talk about. All right. Uh, I'd like to move on to the McDavid suspension. What's your mm. thoughts on that? When I first saw it in in real motion. I didn't think it was suspension worthy. I thought it was penalty worthy, maybe. Um, it was a bit of a blind side. But the more I saw and the more angles I saw, I see the shoulder coming up near the very end of it. And I think if the NHL is going to be consistent, they have to base it on what happened on the ice and not who did it. So I guess I'm okay with it. I'm not pa- passionate, crazy one way or the other. Yeah, it's the same with me. I I think two games is maybe a little bit of a stretch. I was thinking more like one. Maybe, yeah. It, give, him, give him a game, set an example that superstars aren't, you know, if you and if your name's Crosby, then you're probably fine, but anyone else, you're probably going to get a suspension. So uh, I would say that, uh, I would say one game's fine for me, uh, and, which is which is a bit disappointing because if you look at Crosby, he's done some kind of some silly stuff over the past couple of years and not gotten suspended. So... Uh, it's a, it's, it is a little frustrating, but anyways. The, the two games, it's only two games, but it really hurts because of his impact on the team. I watched the game last night. We'll be talking about each game from Saturday shortly. But in the game last night, they stopped, uh, or during one of the breaks, they had a little graphic up on the screen. Edmonton's winning percentage with, with Connor McDavid in the lineup is 5-1-1. Without him, it's 4-3-6. This is just one guy. Hmm. Uh, their goals per game is 2.82 with him, 2.18 without him. One guy makes that much difference. And their power play uh, percentage, 20.3 when he's in the lineup and 13.2 when he's not. Hmm. So missing Connor McDavid, that's almost a goal a game. And it's almost half of your power play output. Hmm. If you average it and round up. Yeah, those are pretty significant differences. It really is. Plus there's the money that it cost him. It's two days pay or two yeah. games pay. Um, but it's a message that needs to be sent still. That uh, that kind of contact to the head is just not not on. Yeah, you have to send a message. You do. And I don't think it was intentional to the head. I don't head. think it was either. I don't think, I don't think McDavid did that on purpose. And part of me wonders if it's fair that if the player who's getting hit is not standing up straight where his head usually is, but yet he's bent over and his head is 12 or 18 inches lower than it usually is and gets hit. Yeah. Is that really fair? Letty didn't know he was there. Uh, Letty didn't have the correct vision space Ooh. to see. Uh, it's already going. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, All right. uh, we have a viewer question from Garrett, uh, which probably should have been in three podcasts ago. He sent it to me about a month ago. So, um, y'all ready to have a listen to that? Sure thing. All right, let's go. My question is, out of the non-playoff teams, who do you think is going to make the biggest comeback and end up in the playoffs? All right, thanks, Garrett, for your question. I appreciate that. Uh, he, so he basically asked uh, what non-playoff team uh, might make a run and make the playoffs to come back and get in the playoffs. So what, what non-playoff 
team do you think has the best potential to make the playoffs? I'll be talking about the playoff potential later on, but just to answer Garrett's question, I think there's a team that's two spots out of the last playoff spot in the West, but they've had an interesting year, and that's Arizona. Oh. They're almost in there. They're, they're not, but with a two or three game yeah. winning streak and the other teams play average, they're actually in the chase. So at they're that flying point. under the radar a little bit. They're under the radar a little bit and they have some, uh, they have some opportunity. So you're picking Arizona. I'm, I'm going to pick Arizona to answer Garrett's question. All if right. there's one team that's not in the, the round of 16, as we see it now, that might get in, it's Arizona. All right. Well, I'm pretty close with you. I'm not going to pick Arizona, but I am going to pick Chicago. I okay. think that Chicago uh, has been on fire lately. They've been getting consistent goaltending. They continue to play well at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Chicago does have the potential and ability to make the playoffs. Patrick Kane's going. Uh, Jonathan Taves is going. I just think things are good in, in Chicago right now, and they have a lot of potential to make the playoffs. So. Right on. I wouldn't uh, have much argument with that either. They're only two points apart. You're picking my pick. Yeah. So. so Yeah. Okay. Uh Ready for the game recaps from last night? Let's do that. I'm going to try and get this, through this a little bit quickly. That's uh, no fun. I find we spend a little bit too much time on on recaps from uh, the night before. Uh, so the first game was Buffalo and Washington. Buffalo won 5-2. to two. Some pretty great goaltending and uh, passing from Buffalo that entire game. Uh, I, f- I found that Washington was standing still at times, specifically in the first period. Mm-hmm. They were doing a lot of puck watching and standing still. They start, picked up their game a little, a little bit as the game went on, but uh, there was points of that first period where they're just watching, no. basically. And Buffalo's passing, like you say, especially for that first goal, was outstanding. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Eichel into the corner where Skinner was. Skinner, no look, backhand pass, and uh, Pominville's right there, and, and boom. Um, Reinhardt scores on the rush. It's 2 nothing Buffalo after the first period. Uh, Ovechkin scores in a breakaway early in yeah. the second, and it's 2-1, but that's really as close as it got. Uh, Darlene's uh, goal was was. A power play goal because Beaulieu was uh, was taken out by uh, by Nick Dowd and they had lots of pressure and boom. So then it's three one and they're away after exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I don't know if you watched that play from maybe thirty seconds or forty five seconds before it happened on the power play, but Darlene actually or Ristolainen uh, took a slap shot and his stick exploded. So he goes back. It's the second period. So they've got the short change mm. in the offensive zone. He goes back and gets another stick. Meanwhile, the other four guys keep it cycling. He comes back into the play with a new stick, does the slap shot, and Darlene tips it in. <laughs> it's a beautiful minute-long play. Nice. It was really good. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the game after that was the New York Rangers and uh, New Jersey Devils game. The Rangers won 5-2. to two. Uh, I, f- I really thought the Rangers were pretty feisty that entire game, mm-hmm. especially uh, specifically around the front of the net. They were everywhere in front of the net, uh, trying to grab loose pucks and, and shovel them in. They're just they they wanted those those gritty feisty goals. And their their famous front net guy Kreider, he was in on the scoring. So <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they jumped out into a three nothing lead in the first period. Second period was scoreless. Um, but as we know, three nothing leads don't always mean you're going to win the game. We'll get to that one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the next game was the St. Louis Boston game. St. Louis won two to one in an absolutely fantastic game. Had a bit of a playoff feel, in my opinion. Uh, incredible goaltending on both ends. Uh, it was just a great game to watch. If you, if you got a chance to saw, to, to watch it, uh, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It was probably one of the best games of of all yesterday. So. And it went many rounds in the shootout. Oh, it went to like yeah. seven or eight shots, I think, on either side before uh, Sam Blay, I think it was, got mm-hmm. the uh, got it, the win. This is a nice goal. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the Carolina and Dallas game. Carolina won three to nil, and uh, McElhaney uh, was great. Uh, Dallas giveaways are pretty apparent in certain parts of that game, which is a little frustrating to watch as because I do like Dallas. Uh, but Dallas was sixty percent in the faceoff circle, which is pretty good. But still, you can't. It, you're right that like it, we're coming on the last t- fifteen games of the playoffs or something like that. You can't be losing to Carolina. You, you, you can't that, be. That's not a no. It's not not a hit on Carolina. Not a hit on Carolina. Dallas is at home. They're they're in a, in a game they they need just absolutely need to win. They need whether to they win. should or not, they need to win that game. These two teams are basically mirrors of each other as far as standings right now. They're very yeah. similar in, in in points and stuff. I think Carolina has a, more points, but uh, they're very similar teams. You can't get shut out by this team. Dallas needs to perform better. Now, you know Carolina does their celly at home if they win. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, this wasn't a home game, so there wasn't the regular celly, except for it was the dad's trip. Oh, yes. All the dads were seated together up in the box seats in the stands, that, yeah. and they did. They did the celly. The celly. Yeah. They did the whole Viking clap and a bunch of things, and then they all played hide and seek. That, that was their thing. They I all ducked behind the seats, and one dad had to try to find the other dads. It was just gross. <laughs> oh, they did the floss thing, too. All the dads oh, doing yeah, the I floss. Fam- so that was, you know, 15, 60-year-old men my age flossing up in the stands. It was, I can never unsee that. <laughs> it was pretty cringy. <laughs> I did see the floss. Oh, man. Uh, the next game was the Florida and LA game. Florida won 6-1. to one. Wow. Did you notice that Quick was screened and, like, Every single goal. I did not. Oh no. my! You I, I didn't see them. Rewatch the highlights from the game. Yeah. It's unbelievable. There's not just one body. Some some of these goals, there's five people in front of him. Seeing eye goals. Like, it's not. It's no surprise Florida scored six goals in that game. It was unreal. Definitely go go back and, and look. It's crazy. Uh, but Florida was buzzing all night. They looked fantastic. So uh, big win for Florida. Not sure if that's if they're going to be able to pull it off and, and make the playoffs, but you never know. It's, never know. It's a big climb for them still. Uh, Luongo only let in one goal and won the game again, so he's moving up the win chart. Yep, so exactly. That's great. Exactly. Um, Barkov got his twenty fifth in that game as well, which is a nice milestone for him. Um, sorry, I was just checking my phone. I, th- I dropped it and want to make sure it wasn't cracked. Uh, the Columbus and San Jose game. Columbus won four to nothing. Jones has looked a bit questionable all year. Have you mm-hmm. noticed that? I know you don't watch a lot of San Jose, but he's just, he's really streaky. He'll have games where he's just amazing. Yeah, and then other games are just, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Duchesne? Duchesne got his got goal his now goal. In, in the second game yep. with Columbus. And that's, of course, before Dezingle joined up with the group. So they'll have him for the next game. Yep. But uh, yeah, Duchesne got on the board. I think he got the third goal. Second. Second. All right. Got the second goal. <laughs> the game after that was the Colorado and Nashville game. Colorado won. Uh, and not just one, they shut out Nashville five to nothing. In Nashville. Yes, in Nashville. Wow. Bauer was absolutely fantastic and unbelievable. Probably one of the best games of his career, in my opinion. Uh, Rene looked very shaky. And did you notice where McKinnon scored from? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't see any of the uh, highlights of that. Ovechkin's spot. They, oh. ha- they have the same spot. <laughs> and they always score from there. So And no one covers them. And no one covers Why? them. Why? I don't. Ovechkin and I watched the game even well there's a, as we're doing this podcast the Rangers and Washington are playing right now mm-hmm. the game's about an hour in I've seen a little bit of it already it's halfway through the first I think when we came down to start this but Ovechkin again they, at one point Washington was dominant in the New York zone there he was <laughs> with a 15 foot cone of silence force field around him 
The problem is that Washington has so many other offensive weapons that yeah. you can't just put a guy on Ovechkin because you're just it becomes a four on three at that point, and you just can't do that. So yeah. I understand it a little bit. Uh, the next game was the Toronto and Montreal game. Toronto won six to three. Can we just skip over this game? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> that, that's what they tried to do this morning. They 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 played the radio highlights of the first three goals. Yeah. And it's three nothing Montreal, and the sportscaster came out. Okay, we can stop it right there. Montreal <laughs> won the game three nothing. Let's go on to the next game. Yeah. No, actually, it didn't happen that way. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing as a Montreal Canadiens fan. Uh, yeah. But more embarrassing if you're a Montreal Canadiens player, I think. Uh, Toronto was, I think. I think they said it was they were one seventeen and three something like that when trailing after two. Yep. And not only did they come back and win, they they doubled Montreal's score. Uh, an absolutely pathetic performance from Montreal in the last half of that game. Uh, I don't know what else to say. It, it was awful, and usually uh, you can pin pin it on a few players just not doing well, and that's that is the case here. As uh, we talked about it last night during the game, we were both watching it. I thought, and I rarely would ever say this, or hopefully never will have to say it again. But Shea Weber had a poor game last night. Oh, it's night. terrible, terrible. And, and he, I don't, I didn't see him being directly responsible for any of the goals on the plays when, when, when the game was still competitive, as it was until seven minutes. Well, really, until two minutes left in the third period, it was competitive. It was a tie game. Mm. Um, but Weber just did not have a good game. He was coughing up the puck. He was, he was not skating fast or hard. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know what's going on. But when mm. your captain is is not performing to the level he needs to, then the whole team, I think, feels that. Yeah, and they were just doing stupid stuff too. Like uh, <clears throat> Montreal got lucky in a few calls. The, the refing was, wasn't that great in that game at wasn't all. It wasn't that great. But yeah. Weber should have been called on on that trip on, he grabbed Matthew's leg at one point. Yeah. That should have been a, a penalty in my opinion. Uh, Domi should have got oh, yeah. a penalty for cross-checking Janssen. Uh, Johansson. There. Or Johansson, yeah. Or Johnson, Johnson whatever. Johnson. I think it's Johnson. Um, yeah, Domi just, was a little too high energy, but... But he was in the. At least he was involved in the oh, game. Oh, definitely. I like. He was involved. Gallagher was involved heavily, um, and there were some missed opportunities. Delorier was all alone in front of the net at one yeah. point and, and didn't have it and couldn't bury it. Bad bounce. That too. crazy bounce that resulted in the tying goal with seven minutes to go in the third, where Carey Price went around behind the net to play the puck, but the puck never got behind the net. Yeah. It took a weird carom off the joint in the door. And Nylander was right there. Yeah, but so, truly good teams yeah. overcome that little stuff. Well, that's right. So, And, and that's – last night's game puts in very clear terms where Montreal really is exactly. in the NHL right now. They're surprising a lot of people, including me, who predicted them to finish almost at the bottom of the Atlantic and not even within a sniff of a playoff spot. And the way things are going, if they keep playing more or less the way they're, they've been playing in the last couple of weeks, they will get in the playoffs, but they won't go deep. They're not doing anything in the playoffs. And Montreal is not one of those teams yet that is able to impose its will on the opposition. Montreal can get big leads, they can skate fast, but they can't lock it down at times when they absolutely need to. They have no finish. Yeah. I mean, they have that finish line, but that's not the type of finish I'm talking about. Exactly. Uh, it's just, it's it's bad. Yeah, and both the Toronto goals to get back to 3-2 were power play goals in the second period. Uh, the penalty shouldn't have happened, mm. and the power play goals shouldn't have happened. So uh, when you go into the second period up 3 nothing, and you end up losing, two of those last couple of goals were just weird. That they were empty netter mm. type goals or a breakaway and fall down and award the goal. Yeah. Um, it was really a 4-3 game, and the previous two games were decided by one goal in overtime, both won by Toronto. Toronto still has to take Montreal seriously, but I think Toronto showed last night that they can come back and they can impose their will on the mm-hmm. opposition and lock a game down, and good for them. 
they wanna, were the best team. You want to know why I think Toronto won that game? Because why? Mike Babcock did not pull Anderson after the first. He kept him in. I think if I think if if, mm-hmm. if he had pulled him after the first and they had started uh, Sparks their, their backup or whoever, this game would have been different. Because in the second and third, Anderson was fantastic. Yeah, and I know there's probably some Montreal homers out there that are going to say, "Oh, it's just bad bounce." You know that well, Montreal would have won that game if it hadn't been for that bad bounce and that third goal. Or Montreal would have won that game if they'd had Drouin in because Drouin had been scratched because yeah. he wasn't healthy. Uh, no. Jonathan Drouin is an amazingly skilled hockey player, and he can dangle like the wind. But for every beautiful play you see out of Jonathan Drouin, you see a horrible giveaway. And it wouldn't have made any difference last night mm. if he'd been on the ice. Might have been worse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of comebacks, uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Oh. Philadelphia won 4-3. to three. That was a great game. That was a fantastic game. And... Considering the conditions under which they were playing, it was basically raining the entire game. Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> it was really something. Starting with Gritty coming down off the roof. That uh, was the roof. awesome. Yeah. Do you <laughs> want to know what wasn't amazing? When he when he went streaking? No, that was funny. Uh, those helmets. They, they were just... I didn't like the helmets. No. And usually I like things when things are a little bit different. I like when teams kind of make some bold decisions with their uniforms yeah. and stuff. Ah, Not working. They were I trying didn't... to do the somehow... Make a football. Yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't working for me. I didn't mind it on the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia helmets, but it looked it looked a little strange on the Pittsburgh helmet for me. So I don't know. But uh, a really great comeback by Philadelphia. Philadelphia's late goal. Um, and Murray has let in some some other weak goals in that game too. So uh, definitely a frustrating loss for Pittsburgh in that one. That, uh, But that last goal of Voracek. He just threw it at the net. He was just over in the, way in the side, threw it at the net, and it went in. And fantastic. And then they pulled the goalie. Uh and tied it, and then drew in overtime. It it had all the hallmarks of yeah. a, of a great game, and of course, my own self interest being a Montreal fan, I'm happy Pittsburgh didn't get that extra point too. Yeah, it's true. So that was good. Um, what do you think of Simmons' hit on Dumoulin? I didn't see it. I didn't watch all that game. I wish I did, but I didn't. Okay, uh, you should probably go and visit that. I don't know if there's going to be a phone call today, but uh, Dumoulin went down, and he and he ended up going concussion protocol. Didn't come back, ah. and it was over by the boards. Simmons got him pretty good. Maybe uh, I did see that, and but then in the same time, it was really strange because Latang came over to try to scrum with Simmons. Yeah, okay, I saw that. Yeah, maybe, maybe it, I did see. Maybe it. you did see it. it. It wasn't at the time it happened. It, it was just a hit. But then Dumoulin went down, kind of almost over, flipped over when he went mm-hmm. down, and he didn't get up very quickly at all. He eventually went off on his own power. But then uh, when Latang was in the scrum, he ended up falling, and now he's out with an upper body injury. Don't know for how long. Oh my God, Latang! So they've got Dumoulin and Latang both out within three seconds of each other, and after that, of course, Philadelphia does come back and ends up winning mm-hmm. the game. I don't know if that spells a downward slope here for Pittsburgh at a time when they really don't need I don't that. Think so. I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the next game was the Islanders and Vancouver game. We've got two games left to talk about. Just so you guys know, I did not watch a second of any of these games. I just watched the highlights. I was in uh, sleep mode for these ones. I watched them both. Uh, so the Islanders won 4 nothing over Vancouver. Leonard was uh, pretty amazing again, from what I could see from the, from the highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Islanders just just proving their depth again and coaching and, and buying into the system. So Yeah. Their, their second goal, I thought, was the most outstanding of the game. Uh, still in the first period, they had a delayed penalty, and for almost a whole minute during the delayed penalty, they were in the cycle nice. and scored. <laughs> Pulak got the goal, uh, but it was amazing how how they dominated, and yet they still had a two minute power play to come. Yeah, exactly. If they didn't score, <laughs> but Vancouver couldn't get near the puck. It was almost like Renews plays 
Boys Town later. You know, that's a reference on. that literally no one watching is going to get, <laughs> except for me. <laughs> but John Hunter says that uh, it really happened. <laughs> Hope you brought your own puck because you're not going to get this one. <laughs> but anyway, it was a great game. Um, Beauvillier's goal was really a beautiful pass. It was a four-on-two rush. Oh, that was a, that was that nice, was gorgeous. I love that play. Yeah, and of course Clutterbuck got an empty netter, so that's all good. Mm. It was a great game. The last game was the Edmonton Anaheim game, and Edmonton won two to one without McDavid. Uh, Curry got his first NHL goal, which is great to see. And guess where he's from? I don't know. Right here. Really? Yeah. Pretty well. He was born in this room. Well, almost. Like just across the river, he was born. Oh. He's from Charlottetown. Nice. Yeah, so like two Islanders went up in the last week, and Josh Curry, uh, Zach McEwen went up just before we did our podcast last week, and Josh Curry... Did Curry used to play for the Rocket? I believe he did. He's never been drafted. He's played four years in professional hockey, just kicking around leagues, and the last couple of years he's been in Bakersfield, I think, and done very well. So Edmonton said, okay, come on up. I think... I remember that name. I was the PEI Rocket photographer there for... You were? Well, not... So we should ask someone who was there... Yeah, I think I have pictures of him. I think you might. You better take a look. Because mm, Chris and I kind of, we shot a bunch of games that year, so. Yeah, yeah he he got his goal. He's he's like 26 years old, or he's he wasn't mm. professional till he was 21. He'd never been drafted, just picked up, and he and his goal was pretty. Mm. It was a nice yeah, goal. Yeah, it was nice. So good for him. Good for Josh Curry. Uh, as far as today's games, we've got the Rangers playing Washington. That game is underway as we are speaking uh, last is. time we looked, the Rangers were up one nothing. They were up one nothing. They, they scored literally eleven. I think it was eleven. No, twenty one seconds into the game, hmm. uh, Kreider scored from uh, VC. Um, but despite that, I'm picking Washington to win. I am this also game. picking Washington. Uh, I think that uh, Copley Copley's just been lights out. I think that was a bit of a just not quite ready for the game kind of goal. Okay. I think Washington will come back and win that. The Rangers won at home in the last game, uh, which was just yesterday, and. Uh, Washington lost on the road, but now they've got Hagelin in the lineup, or hopefully we'll have Hagelin. I didn't see him when we started. It's Lundqvist for the Rangers because Georgiev uh, played yesterday and did <laughs> Georgiev. great. Georgiev. Uh, but I still think Washington's going to win that game. I, I do too. Uh, Dallas and Chicago? Dallas and Chicago. I think uh, Dallas played yesterday and they lost at home. So then they had to hop on a plane. Chicago's been sitting there waiting for them. They're well-rested. On the plus side, Dallas will probably have Zuccarello in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the minus side, Chicago is rested and waiting for them. And mm-hmm. they've been playing good hockey. So I'm picking Chicago. I am also picking Chicago. Already. San Jose and Detroit? Um, San Jose lost on the road and Detroit is rested, but San Jose is a much better team. And they're pissed. And they're they're upset. They're pissed. They're upset. So they're going to take it out on the Red Wings today. I agree. All right. It's going to be 7 nothing. Ooh. Ooh. I don't uh, go that far. St. Louis and Minnesota? St. Louis and Minnesota... This is a this is a statement game, just like we said about Montreal last night. But it's it's doubly true for Minnesota today. It's a game they have to win. I don't know if they're going to be the most talented game or team in this game. Uh, I think St. Louis might even be the Vegas favorite here. They they had Bennington in yesterday. They can throw in Jake Allen today, and Jake's been having the odd good game lately. But I still think Minnesota wins at home. Oh snap! And we differ, do we? I'm picking St. Louis. There you go. I am indeed. There you go. Uh, Calgary and Ottawa. Uh, Calgary, it's actually Calgary against the uh, Binghamton Senators (laughs) Senators. or whatever they are. Uh, 
Uh, Calgary, I think, is just so overpowering. They're leading. The Calgary West. loses this game. Yeah, there's something serious. There's something wrong. wrong. So I, I'm picking Calgary to win that one. I am as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, both the Kachuk brothers playing against each other. Hopefully they fight. Their, their mother <laughs> told right. them, their, their mother told them not to fight. But their father probably told them to fight. <laughs> yeah. First one to shed blood wins or <laughs> loses. Uh, uh, should be a good game. If I'm going to watch any game today, it's going to be that one. Yeah. The Winnipeg and Arizona game is the last one. Who are you picking? Winnipeg's on the road, and I'm, Arizona's, Arizona's doing a lot better, but they're both rested. They both have a chance to throw in their number one goalie and throw all their assets in, so I think Winnipeg is the favorite here. You're picking Winnipeg. I am. I'm picking Arizona. Ooh. Yes, I am. Yes, Ooh. I am. I'm so, going with the underdog. So we, both of our predictions will not be totally, well, one of ours might be totally right, but they will, both won't be totally right. <laughs> uh, players of the week is the last thing that I would like to talk about. I am picking Alexander Barkov for my player of the week. Four games played, six goals, five assists, 11 points, plus four. Heck Yeah. And uh, an honorable mention to Huberto as well. My goalie of the week is Varlamov. Three games played, three wins, 0.964 save percentage, 1.34 goals against average. Well done. And an honorable mention to Bobrovsky. That's all I got. That's it. All right. Uh, The last thing I have to do uh, is, or I have, is to talk about the playoff picture that's starting to shape up. I think for the most part, we can make some assumptions that are pretty safe. Um, even though it's mathematically not happened yet, we've got Tampa Bay sitting there with like 96 or 98 I think they need points. Two more points to clinch to, or something. To clinch, yeah. So, so they've effectively clinched, really. Come on now. Um, so I, I think that's, uh, we know who's going to win the president's trophy. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They have 98 points. So the only way they don't make the playoffs now is if eight teams underneath them, mm. eight, all get 100 points or better, <laughs> including Can't, teams that are so far behind. It, it's just nuts. It's, it's, it'll never happen. Like, it's, it, it's mathematically possible, but it's one of those things that will literally never happen. Yeah. But if it did, it would go down as the biggest collapse, collapse ever. in professional sports history. <laughs> yeah. So obviously it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Just for fun, I went through an exercise. This isn't unlike the other math I do sometimes with my what I would consider my kind of power rankings. This is really developing on the same math. But if you go back to the beginning of the season when every team has 82 games to play and the most they can get from any one of those games is two points, the least they can get is zero, you could potentially one day have a team with 164 points yep. and maybe another team with zero points. Mm-hmm. But most are going to fall in the muddy middle around the 80-point range, 80 to 85. They'll be within 10 or 15 points either side of 80. Uh, Or the the excellent teams will be even higher than that. Right now, I've got the points broken down if every single team in the league won every game they have left. Okay. Okay. Now, they can't because if they win every game (laughs) they have left, the other team has to lose. I know. Right? So so if Tampa Bay goes on a, a crazy run and wins every remaining game, they'll have 138 points. Ooh, that's a record, I believe. It would be. I think 134 is the record? Something like that, yeah. Uh, Boston can get up to 121. Toronto can get to 120. Montreal can get to 113. Buffalo can get to 108. These are the absolute ceilings for these teams. Hmm. Florida can get to 106. 
Detroit can get to 95 if they win everything. Oh, so they're not making the playoffs. Exactly. Ottawa can get to 91. So that's the Atlantic. In the Metro, the Islanders can get to 121. Washington and Columbus can both top out at 115. That's their absolute ceiling. Okay. Carolina and Pittsburgh are at 112 for their ceiling. Then you got Philadelphia 105, the Rangers 104, and the Devils at 96. So there are already three teams in the Eastern Conference who, if they win every game they have left, will still not be where Tampa is right now. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So there. That says a lot. It does say a lot. So in the Central Division, Winnipeg can top out at 120. Nashville and St. Louis can top out at 113. Dallas 107. Colorado 105. Minnesota 104. And Chicago, 101. Hmm. In the Pacific, Calgary, 125. San Jose, 120. Vegas, 117. Arizona, 103. Vancouver and Edmonton, 100. Anaheim, 97. And the Kings, 94. Oof. The absolute ceilings. So if you're Anaheim, L.A., uh, even Edmonton, Vancouver... It's really mathematically not yet over, mm. but it's over. realistically it's over. So what do the playoff matchups show us right now? Well, uh, Tampa Bay would play Carolina uh, because Carolina, by virtue of the fact that they have one more regulation or overtime win, are actually in and Pittsburgh is out, even though they have the same number of overall points. Carolina has higher quality points, if you want to put it that way. The Islanders would play Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um Toronto and Boston would play each other, and Washington, Washington would play Columbus. Yep. Now, if you look at these uh, races, Boston and Toronto are probably going to be locked together. Yep, definitely. They're, they're they, playing they each other. They can't catch Tampa, and they really can't be caught anymore. So they could. It, it's all about who gets home ice. And in the case of uh, Boston and Toronto, home ice advantage has worked in three of the four games. They've, they've already played their games against each other. And the home team has won three of them, mm-hmm. and the road team has won one. So home ice is kind of important there. But interestingly, with Columbus and Washington, they're in the same situation over in the Metro. They're playing for home ice advantage. But I don't know if either team wants home ice advantage because the road team has won three times, oh, okay. and the home team has only won once in the season's matchup between them. And they've played all their games too. Hmm. So they've probably got really good... Uh, scouting reports and books on each other, a lot of tape. These teams can get ready right now with their Mm. coaching and prepping to play each other. And of course, after the trade deadline tomorrow, things will be locked in even more tightly. Um, With uh, the bottom of the Atlantic, you've got Montreal, Carolina, and Pittsburgh are really the three contenders for the two wildcard spots. Okay, you said the bottom of the Atlantic. Well, in the bottom of the Atlantic playoff picture, I guess. or The the Eastern. Eastern. Uh, so it's really those teams, and we've got two wild card spots available, but three teams are still contending for mm-hmm. those. Montreal with a potential of 113 points, Carolina and Pittsburgh with 112. I believe you'll see Pittsburgh enter the wild card spot and Montreal move out. You might, uh, but then you have to look at what kind of games they have left. Of Montreal's eight or 20 remaining games, only 14 of them are against teams that are playing above 500. Whereas with Pittsburgh... Uh, of their 20 games, 18 of them are against quality teams. Mm. And they're now missing Latang and maybe yep. uh, maybe others for a, a while. So it, 
Pittsburgh's road just got a little rockier, I think. Uh, Carolina's in the same boat. Uh, They have 20 games remaining, 18 of them are against quality teams. And they have a pretty well even split of home and away games in those. Montreal actually has a higher uh, percentage of away games in their remaining 20. In the Pacific, you've got the the same three-way fight for two wildcard spots. You've got Dallas, Colorado, and and really, really Arizona and, and Minnesota are, are the four teams, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top three of those are Dallas, Colorado, and Minnesota. Minnesota's got a really tough path because they have 20 games left, but 19 of them are against quality oh, wow. teams. Whereas uh, with Colorado, they have 20 games left, but only 11 of those oh, games are against quality teams. And they have 12 games at home and only eight on the road. Colorado so, be making the playoffs. Colorado looking good here. Mm. Uh, and Dallas, not looking too bad either. They have 21 games left, not counting the one that they'll play today, and only 14 of them are against quality teams. Mm-hmm. So Dallas and Colorado seem to have a better pathway forward uh, here. Um, but Arizona, this is mm-hmm. why I'm, you know, if I have to pick one team for Garrett's question, that's why I picked Arizona. They have 21 games left. Only 11 of them are against quality teams, and they have 13 at home and eight on the road. Okay. So... All four of those teams are, are going to be in the mix for the two wildcard spots in the West and the East. It'll be uh, Montreal, uh, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Buffalo starting to fall back, Philadelphia despite the win last night starting to fall back, Florida starting to fall back a bit here. But even those teams still mathematically have all kinds of chance. Question. Yes. Did you do Chicago? Did I do Chicago? I want to know how many quality teams they play against uh chicago i can tell you and no, that, that's, don't go through the process it's it's too long no it's not yes it is it's, it's not it, it's, i don't care that much well, i just, no, I just want to me the question but you deserve an answer because this is your show you're gonna have to look through the entire schedule and no then make... i no i don't because i have resources oh, they have 20 games left and 14 are against quality teams uh they have nine at home and 11 on the road I just dropped I my pen. I was hoping they'd have more home games than that. But. Yeah. So it's not impossible, but I think my prediction's a little more solid than yours for Garrett's question. But hey, you, this is your show, and you're, you're obviously a hockey genius. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, anything else? No, I, uh, one thing that uh, you have already announced, but maybe you want to on the podcast, I know in the past you've run uh, a live show during trading deadline uh, day, but uh, you've already announced this, but maybe the podcast listeners haven't heard it or won't hear it uh, until now uh, that you have work tomorrow. Yeah, I won't be, I I wish I could live stream tomorrow during the trade deadline, but uh, I will not be, I have to go to work. I have an important meeting that I cannot miss. So uh, I do apologize for that. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be lots of other hockey YouTubers live streaming and and covering the topics as well and um, likely do a better job than I would. So enjoy those. Uh, and uh, we will, of course, do a trade recap video talking about the trades that happen, well, basically from now until until the trade deadline is, Ted, trade deadline is over, which is basically 25 hours from now. Now, there is a chance that we may be able to watch the trade deadline. Yeah, there's a big storm. <laughs> there's a huge storm. Coming tonight. And it's done some, some serious bad stuff uh, in the United States. It was responsible, I think, for that plane crash near yes. Houston. The Amazon cargo plane went down with three people on board. Um, there's lots of, uh, of bad weather in the t- Columbus. Did you hear about the tornadoes they had in Columbus? No. Uh, they did, and there was lots of damage done there. Uh, the whole thing is sweeping now to the east. It's in the Carolinas, and it's in, uh, in just off the coast. And we're getting whacked with a big snowstorm. 
uh, starting tonight and lasting into some part of the day tomorrow. And it may shut the roads down, in which case you can't go to work, you can't go to that meeting, and I can't go to work, and we may be stuck home on trade deadline day, unable to leave the house and only able to watch television. That would be terrible. That would be awful. if that does happen, I'm still not live streaming. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to build it up, no, man. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just. I'm not prepared to live stream um, electronically. I don't have. We need. To I've just been so long since I live streamed, and I just. It's just such a process. I'd have to learn how to do it all over again, and I just. I just don't. Honestly, I just don't have time, and I don't really like live streaming that much anyway. Oh. Which, okay. I like. I like the interaction with with the community and stuff that that part is the only part that I do like but it's just it's just such a process and it's such a it's such a time investment so uh the first live stream I did on the channel was seven and a half hours during trade deadline two years ago and I think I did the year after that it's like another six hours or something so how many viewers live do you get when you're in the course of doing the live stream I don't know. The last time I did it was December of 2017. And, and I remember tuning in and watching, and it was at it was like, like 1,400, 1,500, something like that. But that was like not all at the same time. That's, That's a cumulative yeah. amount of viewers. Right. So I think even if we you did a, a wrap-up show tomorrow evening, let's say, to put out on the trade. It would get more views than the live stream. You, you'd get more views, yeah. and you'd probably have tighter analysis and it, it would make more sense yeah. and take up a lot less of people's time. Live streams a good good uh, opportunity to gr- for growth for the channel because it gets uh, recommended to people and stuff. But um, it, it, I mean, if we do a trade recap video, it's probably going to get a lot of views because it's a pretty hot topic. So um, yeah, that's all, right. that's all I got to say. So thanks guys for watching, listening, uh, regardless of how you're consuming our content. We really appreciate that. Thanks for uh, subscribed, subscribing. If you, thanks for being subscribed. If you are already subscribed, if you are not subscribed, please go down and hit the subscribe button here on YouTube. Uh, if you did like this podcast, hit that like button down below, leave us a review on iTunes or Google play music. Uh, we will definitely see you next Sunday for podcast number 65. And I'm trying to get Chris back here for a, having a yak uh, we're going to do it today, but I don't think we're going to anymore. And so we might do it some night this week. I'm not sure, but uh, stay tuned for that. And that's going to be on the second channel. And also we have some Canadians tricep videos releasing quite frequently now. I think I've released three in the past two weeks. So uh, go check that out on the third channel. It's all linked down below in the description and on the homepage of Post to Post. So uh, thanks for watching once again and hope you're having a good day. Enjoy hockey and we'll see you next podcast. Adios.